Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode is with my good friend Lisa Ann Markison. Lisa was uh, on You, Me, Them, Everybody live uh, for our 12-hour marathon on February 29th, uh, 2020 at the Wonderland Ballroom. She was in hour one and uh, I proceeded to do 11 more hours of the live show speaking to roughly 40 guests and it was so fun and I was looking forward to it and I was looking forward to seeing everyone's face again. And I have no idea when that will happen again. So I'm sort of catching up with everyone that was on that marathon show. And since Lisa kicked it off, here she is now. Uh, Lisa is a, is a wonderful poet. She's ahead of Ars Poetica. I don't, we don't really talk about that because um, that whole live industry uh, is, is done. And uh, so she's transitioning to a new thing and, and to a new state. Uh, Poems for a World on Pause is what's linked in the podcast description. Uh, Another thing that's linked in the podcast description is our Patreon page, because I know right now everyone is uh, flush with cash and wants to donate it to a podcast that's been going for 12 years. So consider donating. Go to youmethemeverybody.com and the About page. If you're listening to this on Spotify, the link for our Patreon is there. Without further ado, here's my good friend, Lisa Ann Markison. Okay, well, now I'm tethered. Now, Now that you are tethered, how are you? Um, well, I don't know if I got COVID. I don't think I did. I think I'm just a a little baby clam in a tiny, tiny clam shell. Okay, that's an analogy. Uh, I saw you last on Saturday, February 29th. You were kind enough to be part of the marathon show. I think we were your like seventh stop of in like different cities in like seven days. Yeah. And uh, since then, I posted an hour of the show each weekday. And then by the time I had posted all 12 hours, DC was shut down, New York was shut down. And I'm assuming your travel has come to a standstill. Yeah, I mean, everything has come to a standstill except for my rage. (laughs) Well, that's good. Yeah. Okay, so um, in all throughout February, you were traveling the globe, uh, writing poems in person. What have you been doing for the last two months? Well, gosh, I almost think it's like three months now, really, because like gigs stopped on like March. The The last gig I did was March 11th. Okay. So yeah, we're really, uh, yeah, I guess it's like two and a half months. Um, we are in Brooklyn, New York with, you know, the highest number of deaths in like maybe the world, uh, definitely in the U.S. And um we're just staying inside and doing everything we can to be respectful of the regulations that have been enforced and cooking a lot of food. (laughs) Uh, In terms of my career, we have definitely explored the realms of the digital events and making things available online, but it honestly has not been a priority for me. It's, as as soon as this happened, I felt my, my initial response, my immediate response was to try to do something that could be helpful as opposed to pivot to online services. So we started doing a volunteer project called Poems for a World on Pause. And I invited my poets that are already in my roster to be available to just write poems and digitally deliver them to anyone who requested them on the site. 
But then when I started doing that, a bunch of random people from the internet, like followers and fans just started volunteering as well. So we ended up with this huge worldwide network of volunteer poets uh, writing poems just of compassion and words of positivity and support for people needing them. And we've written like 350 poems so far. So who's the we? You keep saying we. What does the pronoun represent? Oh, like me and the volunteers, like people in South Africa and India and the UK and all over the States and Canada and um, Japan, just a bunch of people. We all have like access to a Google Doc where the requests go from the website and we just grab a request and write the poem for the person and send them an email of the typed poem or the video of the poem, whatever they've requested. Now, you said you're also in Brooklyn. Who are you spending the time with in Brooklyn? I'm quarantined with my darling fiance, the wizard Devin person. Is this making your marriage, or sorry, your pending nuptials, um, are you looking forward to it more? Are you looking forward to it less? Uh, Are you finding out things about yourself that you wouldn't have other than a global pandemic? You know, he has been laughing so much talking to his friends because he still has a job you know my job is gone Mm -hmm. um and people are like oh how how are you faring are you okay and he's he's actually loving it he's loving being inside and having kind of no pressure to perform and go out and do all the things that he usually pressures himself to do whereas for me it's like a little more sad because my whole the whole way that I've embodied my purpose in life has been to perform and be with people in real life so Mm -hmm. it's been a little bit more um difficult for me to transition but um in terms of our relationship I cannot believe how easy it's been that's great we have had we've we've had even less we already almost never disagree or have have fights or anything, but we've had even less uh, any of disconnects or confusion or anything. It's I'm we're just cooking so much and we're just like <laughs> loving. It's weird how much TV we're watching. That's oh, the really? one thing that's very very different because we usually have really quite quite little amount of time to just watch TV. But now that there's nothing to do in the evenings, like going out or anything, we usually we either read a book or we watch TV. That's really all there is to do. Oh, but we also learned how to play Go, which is the world's most difficult board game. Okay. Uh, what are you cooking that you could easily recommend to other people? Oh, my gosh. I've really been keeping good track of all of the recipes that I've been doing, but... Um, the one that just comes to mind is because I'm preparing to cook that for dinner tonight. I mean, it's not even really cooking. It's a little weird. <laughs> uh, it's a Swedish delicacy called smorgastorta. Okay. And what that basically means is sandwich cake. And you can make a beautiful sandwich, uh, but like with many, many layers, kind of like a club sandwich um, and filled with Uh, delicious Swedish ingredients. And then you cover the entire uh, sandwich with a little bit of like a cream cheese, sour cream frosting, and then like decorations of smoked salmon and dill and all these like beautiful decorations on top. So it looks like a birthday cake. 
That sounds awesome. <laughs> and something I've never had. Could you send me a link to a recipe that you think I could accomplish? I'm a moderate to decent cooks, chef, whatever you want to call it. Well, that's the great thing. It's like if you can assemble a sandwich and you can frost a cake or like cream cheese a bagel, you can make a smorgasbord. I love it. I would have never stumbled upon it. That's that that recommendation could not have been better. What TV are you discovering? I, I don't think it's unfair to say that you are not the most uh, caught up t- with uh, pop culture, specifically of the TV realm of the last 40 years, unlike myself. So I'm interested to know what you're viewing now for the first time. Well, uh, I'm a fan of Mar- Margaret Atwood, and I had heard about The Handmaid's Tale show, um, but it was, you know, into season three mm-hmm. already. And so I skipped the first two seasons and just watched season three. And it was so good uh, and so horrifying. Do you have anything less depressing you could mm. pontificate about? Yeah, that was just on the top of my mind because I just watched a documentary about Margaret Atwood, too. So let me think. Once um, again, something more oh, uplifting. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Um. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Did you see this show? So are you a musical theater person? So like not really. I really, I've only seen a couple Broadway shows. I I can appreciate the the pompous, but like I'm not really into classics and Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, sometimes people will like make references here in New York. Oh, Broadway, Broadway. And I'm like, I don't, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I, I like songs though. And I like singing. And, and I just thought that it was awesome the way they developed the characters. Like, I loved every single character. I can't stand those shows where the, the people are so hateable, mm-hmm. unlikable. I just, like, the characters were great. But, so you're going to go with Handmaid's Tale, season three, no unlikable characters, obviously, and then Crazy yeah. Ex-Girlfriend. Yes. Cool, fantastic. There's, there's other ones, too, Um Oh, Picard. Loved Picard. Um, Are you a Star Trek person? Yes, I love Star oh, okay. Trek and Star Wars. We also saw The Mandalorian. That's nice. <laughs> so cute, baby Yoda. Um, did you ever watch Jane the Virgin? Uh, no, never did. Jane the Virgin and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend were back-to-back on the CW for years. I did not like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend only because I hate musicals. Mm. That being said, one of my favorite movies of all time is a musical, and so I usually I tend to not like musicals. So, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was a little much. I think she's fantastic, and her recent appearance on RuPaul's Drag Race episode it's it's one of the usually the worst episodes of Drag Race. They always do the fake debates. Um, this season was one of the best. It's her and Jeff Goldblum, and these two are are, are comedic dynamite together. One of the best episodes, even if you don't watch Drag Race, I think you'll enjoy that. But try out Jane oh, the Virgin. Oh, I'm definitely going to watch Yeah, that. if you enjoyed Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, please watch Jane the Virgin, uh, a show that I grew to love easily uh, while it was airing. It was my in my top five of current TV. It, it just wrapped up last season, so you could uh, dive into that treasure trove. I think it's on Netflix. Oh, okay, perfect. Okay, so um, you are in my mind 
on a daily basis, and it used to be for one reason. You were one of the kindest people because you wrote a poem for my sons that I see, and I told you this every every time I see you. You wrote it, and you gave it to me in September of uh, 2019, and it's above his changing uh, table area. And you also <laughs> gave him an octopus, which he was too small to play with for a very long time, which we had on his lamp, and it looked really cool because it's like an animal-themed lamp. And he's finally old enough now that he could have the octopus. <gasps> you don't have to worry about him like choking and stuff. And he loves it because there's like these oh, tentacles. So he loves yeah. it for like there's eight tentacles, but also the texture is so unique and wonderful. And I just want to thank you. You give the <laughs> best gifts because one of those gifts was relatively affordable. Stuffed animals aren't that much. And the other one was absolutely free. And they're two of the best gifts that I see every single day. Oh, you're bringing a tear to my eye. I'm so happy because I actually got really emotional when I saw that octopus. It's <laughs> just like. This is the most beautiful stuffed animal I've ever seen. That being said, <laughs> his parents love to eat octopus. Do you eat octopus? You just mentioned a Swedish dish that uh, has fish on it. Do you eat octopus? No, I don't. I don't. Um, I have a strict no octopus policy because they're the smartest animal. That's the thing. But have you ever actually had one? I, I have had it before. Like, I tasted it mm -hmm. in Japan. Um, All right, stop bragging. You didn't need to add no. in Japan, but come on. Well, because my, my policy is you, I'm a vegetarian that very rarely partakes in delicious Swedish preserved fish <laughs> delicacies. Sure, but sure, then sure. I also, when I travel abroad, if I'm in a hospitality situation, I will accept food. Which is the one, uh, wonderful policy. Thank you. I think so. Now, when you uh, had it in yeah, Japan, how was the octopus served? Uh, it's a takoyaki. Okay. Uh, where you put you put the pieces of the octopus into a little pancake batter and fry it. Interesting. I I don't know if I've had that. Now, I my favorite octopus is just like on a grill, specifically wood or charcoal, like not a gas grill. You need the the burn on it, the char on it. Now, have you had that type of octopus? It's po I think it's popular in uh, in Spain, it is. so I could have maybe tried it like in a tapa, but um, <laughs> but I I don't I really don't like it. I really don't like the texture, and I just feel um, an intense discomfort around it. It's so probably sorry. my like it's in my top five of like I feel guilty eating this, but like it's so delicious and relatively yeah. good for you that I'm like eh, whatever. I think that's okay. I mean, I'm not going to demote you in my mind due to your uh, love for octopus. Is there any food that you currently love that you wish you didn't love because you know it's either bad for you or bad for the environment at large? Well, we've been quite healthy in quarantine, uh, but I have noticed that I have a little bit of a sweet tooth while, while trapped inside. Uh, I'm actually sitting in my chair looking at an Oreo okay. that I'm going to eat as soon as we're done talking. What kind of Oreo? Uh, just like the classic, no double stuff or special flavors or anything. It was actually left over from, I made this insane peanut butter chocolate pie for Devin for his birthday, uh, with, which had an Oreo cookie crust. Now, how so, did you celebrate the birthday? Because a birthday is a milestone. We're in a time where it's difficult to celebrate a milestone. Clearly, you made this pie. I'm sure it was very nice. Did you do anything else? Yeah, so he took the day off work, and um, we just made, I made, like, amazing his favorite foods all day, um, and we did some acid. Oh, cool. Fun for you. Okay, so 
It was so awesome. How many times before his birthday have you done acid? I had just tried it once before in a pretty small amount. So I really was like underwhelmed by the experience and hadn't really like had a full acid experience. But for the birthday, you embraced the acid. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Now, it was I'm assuming it's just you two taking acid. Yeah. Who who procured the acid? Um, I probably shouldn't say on the record. Okay, but did did you leave your place or did someone come to your place? No, no. We we already had it. A okay. friend has a very uh You had it before the end times. Yes. Okay, that's that's really what I wanted to know, like obtaining drugs during uh, the coronavirus. That, but if it was already obtained, that's great. So, were you saving this for, for a special birthday occasion? Like you knew when you obtained it, what it was going to be used for? Um, it was it was all him, and I I'm I'm very like out of the loop on all that kind of stuff. He's like more into the like he's like more you know and connected with psychedelics and with mm-hmm. his like cannabis stuff. And um, so he just said that he thought that would be like a, a fun special thing to do while we couldn't really do much else. And I was just like, sure, absolutely. I would have never considered taking acid in my life until now, but I got the kid. I'm not doing it. It's it was really beautiful, and it was much more like mellow and deal withable than a lot of people say or think it is. Like I'm not saying I would have been able to like to have have this conversation, mm-hmm. <laughs> but sure, sure. but it wasn't like oh, the walls are melting into my eyes and my hands are octopus and anything like that. Good callback there. <laughs> uh, you are one of the most social people I know. Your job. Yes, you could kind of do it digitally, but it's not the same. It's really about that interaction. Are you worried about your I future? I will tell you, though. I'm listening. I will, uh, no, it's fine. I will tell you, though, that we have been asked by a few clients to do online events and or, or online like one-on-one experiences, and it has been way better than I thought. Like I, I still 100% wish that I could be out and about with people and, you know, people love to hear the sound of the typewriters and just like feeling their energy in person is so important. But we did like this guy wanted to surprise his quarantine date you know, co co quarantine person with a special activity. And so he booked me and Devin to do a poet and wizard session where we did like a full tarot reading for them and then wrote poems for them. And just like, it was like a one-on-one thing or a two-on-two thing. And it was so fun and interesting just via zoom. Uh, And then we did a live event for an actual event planner who she just invited like 25 people into a Facebook event where people could request the poems live and then the camera was just on one poet writing them and then reading them to everyone while they were having their own little like you know remote happy hour and it worked really well too so it's been um, it has been cool to see what's possible Um, and I've been teaching therapeutic poetry workshops with uh, like wellness and creative services company once a week uh, so that's cool, but um, I'm not planning on relying on um, on this industry anymore. I'm actually pivoting completely and um, not really going to focus on it anymore. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, let's get to safety here. Um, I'm in D.C. You're in New York. D.C. is starting to maybe open 
not tomorrow, but the following Friday. And mm. it, it seems like very, very reasonable stuff. That being said, c- clearly it's all a giant question mark. Do you, f- do you have any idea when you'll feel safe to just walk through Brooklyn? You know, for me, I'm all about respecting the requests of the our local government and respecting the health and safety of others. I don't really have a lot of fear for myself. Does that make sense? Like, I, I my biggest fear would be to look like an asshole. Okay. <laughs> so, so once it, this, the general populace agrees that it's okay, I will be out there again i i like the idea of incorporating mask wearing when a person is sick like forever i think yeah, of that's course. just something that that asian countries have done for quite a while and i think that we should just adopt that trend um i do hope to soon not feel like uh i have to wear a mask just to make people not like afraid to walk by me just you know because of the environment so um yeah, I, I'm all. I'm ready. I'm ready to be out and about again and not worry as much and just um, you know be better about washing my hands and wearing a mask if I'm under the weather in general. Your person works from home now for obvious reasons. Uh, is his job the kind of job where he'll be able to work from home indefinitely, or he needs to go back to the office once the office exists again? He's actually going to continue to work remotely uh, forever because we are moving to Kentucky. Now, why are you moving to Kentucky? Uh, it had been on our mind to start investigating a place away from the big city to move eventually. And when I realized that the highly profitable career manifestation that I had been pursuing is never going to be the same, or at least not in the next three to five years. Mm -hmm. Like all the big corporate clients are like, no one's going to have a big party this year. You know, like there's just not, there's people might have small events and I want to send artists there, but there's just, it's dead. Mm -hmm. Everything that I used to do is dead. So I'm like, there's nothing keeping me in New York right now. There's no reason why I have to be here inside of like a 800 foot jail cell paying $2,500 a month to, for no uh, economic opportunity. Mm -hmm. So we were like, let's just move up our plan. So we did. And where are you moving in Kentucky? We're moving to Louisville, which is a really, really cool city. If you haven't been there yet, it actually has quite a strong DC vibe with like a lot of the beautiful houses with the porches and the back, the like back patios with the wooden stairs and all that stuff. That's cute. You're uh, assuming that I like food. DC when you're saying those things. <laughs> well, like there, I think you must like the neighborhood vibe of dc no it's fine or... chicago's better and the only reason why I'm here is because i love my wife that's the only reason there's nothing to do but, but actually i think that chicago has the same kind of beautiful neighborhoods that dc does uh agree like to disagree nice it, this is like a this is a 12 hour long conversation but i ah. i'm completely getting off track here um you're going to be doing something in Kentucky that's, um, there's a goal. It's not just Kentucky at random. You can just throw a dart to find a cool college town like Louisville. There's a reason why Kentucky. Yeah, well, um, if you look at the map, you'll see that Kentucky is in a kind of interesting uh, geolocation. Um, it's 
sort of Midwest and it's sort of South. And so it's, it's kind of, it feels like a point where four corners of the country sort of meet in an interesting way. And Kentucky as a state is extremely Republican leaning for the past 20 years or so. But, um, but Louisville is very progressive and the now is a very special moment uh, in Kentucky because Mitch McConnell, who I see as the embodiment of the worst evils of our current political system is actually extremely vulnerable to losing his seat in the Senate uh, because there is a Democrat woman who is running against him and they are polling neck and neck. So, so um, I'm going to campaign for her. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, when are, so when are you planning to move to Kentucky? Because like what will campaigning even look like during the coronavirus? So July, things will open up almost as normal and it's starting now. So none of the normal in-person campaign events are going to be happening in June, but in July and on, there will be a lot of opportunities to do the, you know, door-to-door canvassing and fundraising events and building awareness and, and momentum around her. Now, so you plan to move before June. We're in May now. When do you plan on getting out of here or getting out of New York? Sorry. Um, June. So in like two weeks. Yes. Do you already have a place in Louisville? Uh, we booked an Airbnb actually with this couple who get this. The guy is a Swedish citizen who studied Mexican literature. This is amazing. I might be and visiting you in July if possible. Oh, that would be awesome. Maybe like for 4th of July or like whenever you want. Yeah, very cool. I might, this isn't, I'm not joking. Uh, I will talk to you once we stop recording about the logistics of this, but uh, I might be doing that. Awesome. Um, I'm going to end it, not because I want to, but because I have the reason I have to end every single episode of You, Me, Them, Everybody since quarantine started, and that's because we are in the midst of my child's second nap. And he is currently waking up, which means I have to go. Lisa, thank you for your time. If people want to participate in um, Poems for World on Pause, is there still time? Is this on pause? How could people get involved? Yeah, we are going to keep providing the service until – I'm thinking until 4th of July. I thought that would be kind of like a notable – time to end it um so yeah the website will be up and you can get a poem at poemsforworldonpause.com until july 4th and then we will keep an archive up and we will actually be publishing an anthology of some of the poems and the stories that we got to learn about through quarantine and you're fighting the good fight for amy mcgrath in the great not so blue state of Kentucky. Hopefully you can make it blue. You alone. I want to I turn it purple. It's entirely up to you. Good luck. <laughs>